Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 8 of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Toriki Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing this chilly Sunday evening? I'm okay. I'm a little bit tuckered out, man. The babies are sick. Ah. And so, it's been a challenging day. Matt. That is what I understand about sick babies. <laughs> uh, but they're super sweet and they're asleep now, so. Right on. Uh, well, you know what might be a good way to sort of get yourself, get those energy levels pumping again, Dave, is uh, watching episode eight of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. It is called... I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Clash! Two exclamation points. A super giant battle. It's the second exclamation point that really lets you know that we're in for something exciting. That's, yeah, how you know they're, they're really committed to it at this point. Uh, but before we get into that, Dave, as always, our award-winning opening segment, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What? Oh, what is our first star of the week? Man, I will get to our first star of the week, but I actually want to return to this point. Um, I know we said it as a joke, but the fact that there are two exclamation points does sort of sell it. Because like 90% of Sentai things, uh, titles that is, do have an exclamation point in the Mm -hmm. title. And you get a little desensitized to it. But when you see two... See now what? I, then you genuinely no, like I know we said it as a joke, but it's actually pretty true. Well, not like is, it is. I am excited. I, I'm looking forward to someday eventually getting a third exclamation point because the second exclamation point actually is something we do also get a lot. You do, but not not every not week. Not every week is what I'm saying. Okay, so anyways, uh, here's the first star of the week, Matt. I was uh, driving. I was on my way home from a place uh, with with Beth and and the babies. And we were driving past a strip mall in, it doesn't matter where, in Cleveland. And we're driving past this strip mall, and on one end of the plaza, there is no sign above the space. And the space is empty, and there are no lights on. Okay. And there is a hand, yeah. And there is a handwritten sign in the window that just says, we've moved. Interesting. That's it. No. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, who who were you, mysterious store? And where are you now? Where have you moved to? Where have you moved to? Right, there's not even like a check out our new location on like wherever. It's just like... We've moved. It's so there was no information about where they might have moved to or what the point yeah, of this no, move was. It's is, now no, did you say this is a strip mall, right? This isn't just like a house with a sign in the window. No, it would be amazing if it were just that. Like you just come home and there's a sign. We've moved. Uh, no, this is a this is a place of business. I assume, and it just seems like they're. It seems like they're trying to like neg me into into shopping there. Right, like you never like, went in before, but now that they've moved, you've really got to figure out what the deal was. 
Right, and like I didn't care about them before, but now that they've just told me that they've moved and not even told me where they moved to, I am strangely motivated to figure out who they were before and where they are now. Check out that new location, Dave. I just, it's, it's okay, so maybe this is like some weird guerrilla advertising and it's strangely effective. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> it was just such an odd moment. We've moved. Um, that's all. Okay. <laughs> I just like, I just didn't know how to process it. Well, um, I think this then is the perfect, the perfect venue for you to process it, Dave. Yeah. So, um, what Matt is our second star? Of the second week? star of the week, Dave is, uh, it's back Zelda breath of the wild. Uh, because Ooh. we got this, fun, fun, fun. The, the second DLC pack for it dropped this weekend. I didn't know that there was DLC for that game. Oh, yeah, dude. There is absolutely DLC for it, and it is very good. Now, here is the problem with the Zelda DLC is... Just real quickly, I'm not like... DLC is not a thing that Nintendo normally does, right? Like, I'm not crazy about that. Um, I mean, they have done it... They do do DLC. Not to the extent okay. that like other publishers do, but um, in this Zelda game, they actually have done it fairly extensively. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and so there's like a whole like extra set of missions to go on here, which is really fun. But here's the problem: is that all of the DLC in the Zelda game, like, and this is the second half of it, um, all assumes that you have already been playing the game for a while and are like good at doing the things in the game, right? Like, you are good at the running and jumping and platforming and fighting and all of that stuff. Sorry, okay, so Matt, so this is not like Bethesda-style DLC where you would actually be best served to just wait a year after the game so, like, you can get all of the DLC all at once and then kind of play through the full thing. Like, you really need to have beaten it already and then you're good. Yeah, like, the, the stuff that you do in this second pack of the DLC, you actually can't even access until you have already gotten most of the way through the story of the game. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. So here's the problem, though, is that uh, Mario Odyssey came out like a month and a half ago, and I had yeah. stopped playing Zelda because I had switched to playing Mario. Oh, so you got rusty. <laughs> and so like, I went up, like, okay, this is cool. Like, my dude's all leveled up. It's fine. Like, even if I'm a little rusty, like, you know, Link, you know, I got all these good weapons. I got all the, found all those pieces of heart. Like, everything's going to be cool. My stamina wheel is maxed out. And then I start the DLC, and the first piece of the DLC is, okay, here's a magic weapon. It'll kill anything in one hit. But while you are holding it, if you make a slightest error, anything that touches you will kill you in one hit. Whoa! (laughs) so I'm just running around trying to remember to play, like, how this game works. And, like, every time some (laughs) jerk skeleton shoots an arrow at me from out of nowhere, like, I just die instantly. It is as though I had never played the game before. It's actually worse, because when you first start the game, you at least have, like, three hearts. Now you have one quarter of one heart, and you are going up against, like, big groups of people in, like, explosive... Like, what, like, there are just explosions around. There are exploding barrels that you need to avoid. Uh, you need to, like, mm-hmm. go into these shrines, and there are just spikes everywhere. Like, it's not that hard of a shrine uh, if you had more than one hit. But the whole deal is like, yeah, but you don't have more than one hit. Uh, and so, if you just get hit... So do it that yeah. way. 
Um, and so I've just been sitting here this whole weekend, like trying to play this game, really enjoying it, but desperately wishing I had like gotten back into it a week ago to like warm myself back up because it is like punishingly difficult. But it's very fun. It's very fun to be back in that game. It's such a good game uh, that I am delighted to have an excuse to go back into it. Yeah, man, it uh, it does. It just seemed like such a, such a good game. I've never heard anybody say anything but like that is astonishingly good. Uh, yeah, that's th- those people are all telling you the truth, Dave. <laughs> um, okay, well, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is uh, so we're about halfway through December now, uh, and that means a that I desperately need to finish up my Christmas shopping, but b uh, it means that a lot of holiday parties are oh, happening. Oh yes, um, and so we had our big ho- like office holiday party over the weekend on uh, Friday night, and so I went to that, and it was very nice. You know, there's door prizes and drinks and dinner and dancing and all that stuff. Um, here, right. Here's what I wanted to talk about, Dave. I wanted to talk about the DJ who was at this thing. So, okay, Matt, just real quickly. I know you're going to tell me some horror story. I'm prepared for that now. Okay. What I need to what I need to know is who at your office is booking these acts. Because I would assume it's the same guy or girl who did Elvis, right? Oh, you are you are referring, of course, to the uh, the Elvis impersonator who sang at our Halloween party. Yeah, yes, Matt, that Elvis, not the real. Well, Elvis. no, Dave, I know that, and you know that, but maybe somebody missed an episode. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so DJ, please. Okay, so here's the thing: the DJ was not terrible. Um, this is cool. not like a horror story. What it is is that this event ran from, I think it started around 6.30, and it ran through about 11.30. The DJ was doing his thing from about 9.30 to 11.30, right? So when when you start off, you know, 9.30 after dinner, people have had a couple of cocktails, he, you know, a couple right, of beers. things are cool. So he's got sort of like general, sort of like clubby, dancey music. And that's all okay. I mean, that's not my sort of music, but, you know, that's... I was going to say, for a given value of okay, yeah, like sure. That's, that's what the DJ's there for. And there are some people on the dance floor. Around 10.30, we start to notice a change in the music that is playing. And I think... So we're an hour and a half in. Well, we're about an hour into, like, the DJ set, right? right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I a change starts to happen, and I think what has happened is that DJ Smooth uh, has read the room... And he realizes that we are not club people. Hold up. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Say that one more time. Say that whole sentence one more time for me, please. Oh, I mean, I don't remember exactly how I put it, but uh, the the change that had happened is that DJ Smooth has... Yes. No, no, no. Please stop there. Thank you. That is his actual name. This is the title that this man goes under is DJ Smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Which actually, when I say it out loud, sounds like it is taken. Like, that is a name that is actually held by someone who is much more famous than this dude. But I, I guess it's not that famous because I can't immediately remember who it is. In any case. So anyways, he, the music starts to change. Right. He realizes these are not club people. 
this is an office party and everyone in this room is between the ages like the their late 20 you know the majority of the people here are between their late 20s and early 40s um and what they really want to hear is like 90s radio hits well he's right and so like it goes from current club music to like backstreet boys and like Spice Girls, just like the full gamut. And I'm sitting there having a drink, talking to a couple other people, and we say, when tub thumping comes on, then then we can know for certain that he has fully given in to like the the nineties top forty playlist. And we had a nice laugh about that. And then two songs later Like, oh ha ha, this will never no, happen. I mean, listen. We were having a laugh about it. We had no doubt that it was going to happen. And then two songs later, <laughs> like clockwork, um, good old Chumbawamba was there for us. Uh, and I'll tell you what, dude. Listen, I know that this sounds absurd. Um, that I'm like trying to make fun of this guy for switching from the music he likes to clearly the music that everyone in that room liked. But I'll tell you what. No, I no, liked no. that music, and I was very happy to I hear it. I was going to say... I was going to say, good on you, DJ Smoove, for not committing to what you think this thought this party was going to be and adapting to your audience. First of all, it is DJ Smoove, S-M-O-O-V. He is the smoothest DJ in the world, according to his own website. Sure. Uh, he Does he is, have the com or the net? Uh, he is a dot com. Uh, and also, DJ Smoove looks like he hits the gym pretty regularly. Good oh, yeah, for dude. you, DJ Smooth. Yeah, he's got to keep um, up his cardio if he's going to be going all night. Going all on night. On those ones um, and the twos. Yeah, so good for him. There was, I used to work at a bar, and we had two DJs, and they had the opposite problem. Okay. Like, they would play, and this was like, this was just a bar in, like, a suburb of Cleveland. This was like a strip mall bar. Yeah, like it was out in like Middlebrook Heights, if you know where Cleveland is. Like if you know your way around Cleveland. And the DJs would come in on Friday nights and they would play like club bangers. Like that is what they would play. And people would be like, uh, you know, like, all right, sure. Like, there would, you know, there would be like some people dancing. And then they would put on like, tub thumping or something and everybody would flip out and be like yeah this song is great and then it'd be like all right we're right back to Lil way. Wayne. that song and is great it is great and then it'd be like all right back to Lil wayne and then everybody like oh well i mean all right i guess um like no capacity to read the room so that's rad dj smooth good for yeah. you anyway good times um, Dave, what then is our fourth star of the week? So our fourth star of the week, man, is actually a different Christmas party. Uh, one that you and I were at last night. And uh, it is our friend Ryan and Karen's. Uh, it is their annual Christmas party. They've been doing it for like, like forever, like 15 years or something. It like, is this a is the, very long running party. It's a long standing party at this point. And uh, there's a theme every year. And this year's theme was video games. And it was a blast. Like, we just saw a bunch of our good friends. So, let me tell you this. Ryan and Karen know how to throw a party. Like, they are much better. They are better at throwing parties than I am. Because when you show up to a Ryan and Karen party, uh, like, there are activities. Like, it is a planned thing. 
Which I think, like, I think adults have a concept that you can just, like, show up to a party and there'll be, like, food and alcohol and then the party will just sort of happen. Right. The party will just be like, oh, we are all in this room and there are food and drink and we enjoy each other's company. So that's the party. Right. That's not true. And Ryan and Karen understand that. And so they plan activities. There's like there was like a video game tournament, which I actually left before it was resolved. Who won that? Oh, Bill won. Okay, congratulations, Uh, Bill. Friend of the show, former guest Bill. Yeah, and uh, actually, so it was all like old school games. We were playing Super Mario Brothers. And uh, Matt, speaking of not being as sharp as you used to be, those games are hard. Dude, those games are so hard. And they're it's it's not hard. just that they're hard. It's that we were not playing these on an NES class like the the new uh emulator system, the NES Classic. We were just playing it on our classic Nintendo Entertainment Systems. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was trying to play the first round of this tournament was like get on Super Mario Brothers, the first one, and get to finish World 1-3, right? Yeah. So, you and I are racing against each other and I get about halfway through World 1-2, and all of a sudden the game glitches out. I fall through some blocks into a pit, and then the screen just goes black forever. <laughs> then you had to, well, so I, I died. I game overed because I just slipped, and this is not me. I'm not making this up. Everybody saw it because it seemed so crazy. I did. I just like jumped on a platform, and then I, I, I like shadow-catted through that platform. Like That platform did, was not there for me. Yeah, and then I died, and I had to start over. And so you were while you were starting over, I had to go a little, uh, a little more extreme, where I had to like reset the system because it wasn't just the game that had messed up. Like I had to like turn the thing off, take the cartridge out, blow in the whole thing, like you know, go from scratch to get this thing going again. Find you know, hit reset at like a weird pattern to try to like trick mm-hmm, the game mm-hmm, into starting mm-hmm. again. And I gotta say, Matt, I think you man-motored it because Ryan was gonna stop the clock and you said, no, 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 this is just like, this is what it is. This hey, is listen, playing if, Nintendo games, <laughs> just roll. That's that's that, that's part of it. If you're playing no. Nintendo, that's the whole thing. And so, um, and I, man, I just forgot like how laggy those controls are. Like, they're not good. Uh, no. We were playing, you and I both, we were trying to play Super Mario Kart and like, I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. Like, I'm not as good at you as you are. You're very, very good at Super Mario Kart. Well, no, I'm very good at the later Mario Kart. As it turns out, Super Mario Kart is kind of unplayable for me. Yeah, I was, except there was, like, one dude there who was crushing it. Then I, like, I hopped in. I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, I'm going to, like, me and Matt will play. So we'll be, like, tie, like, we'll be, like, shooting for first and second as we, like, romper stomper this computer. Uh, and we got, like, 7th and 8th almost every race. Like, we got destroyed. Yeah, it was humbling. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it was a great party. Thanks to Ryan and Karen uh, for hosting, and uh, it was great to see it. There was a costume contest, and uh, who, uh, our buddy CW won that, and he just had a blue tracksuit, and he had dyed his hair and his beard blue, and every time he bumped into someone, he just, like, threw some cheap plastic rings up into the air. So that was pretty amazing. Very nice. Oh, he also had some red chucks on. Oh, that's right. That's right. We had, uh, there was a white mage and a black mage, which is very cool. We had, uh, Bill was Ness from Earth, Earthbound? Earthbound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. just a ton there, of great there costumes. There were a lot of good costumes. Yeah, it was super cool. So, uh, yeah, that was our fourth star of the week, man. Like, guys, throw a Christmas party or a 
holiday when, party. And when just, they, just no a party. How about that? Yeah. Throw a and party for your friends. Like, and when pick they do theme, it, don't just like buy some beer and invite them over. Anyway, yeah, that is a, a throw a party. Plan some activities. Invite a bunch of friends over. It's gonna be great because you're great people. Now, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? Okay, so our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is actually just about great people. That was a pretty good lead-in. I didn't plan that. It just happened. That's what we call serendipity, Matt. Uh, Anyways, so I was actually not planning on being able to go to this party um, because I have twin babies. And uh, last night, like an hour beforehand or something, Beth said, my wife Beth, whom I love and who loves me, said, you know what? Like... I will stay home with the babies. Like, let me just kind of like, just help me start to get them into bed and you go to the party. And it like, there's no joke. Sorry. Like jokes is stepping out. There's no jokes for this star guys. This is just me talking about how great my wife is. Um, Like Ron Burgundy style. Like I don't have a mountain. So I'm telling you on my podcast, how great my wife is. Um, Man, like, okay, so, like, I love the babies. They're amazing. Um, sure. They're just a lot. Yeah, they're just, there's you know two what of them. I mean? there's, and it's because there's two of them. If there were only one of them, you'd be like, oh, yeah, like, go hang out. Like, I'll hang out with this baby and put it to bed. It'll be fine. Uh, it's just that there's two of them. And so, and then also, like, during the school year, because I do theater, my life is just super busy all the time. And uh, And so, like, by the time all of that stuff is done, I just kind of don't get a chance to get out a whole lot, uh, mm-hmm. especially as much as I used to. And I'm a pretty, like, I'm a very extroverted guy. And so that's, a that's like, important for me. And uh, and I just haven't been able to. And Beth was like, you know what? You haven't been able to get on a while. I feel that you are feeling kind of, like, cooped up. You just go to this party, and I will stay home. And I know, because she also wanted to go, obviously, because it's a bunch of our friends. So um, I thanked her profusely in person, but I am just telling everybody who listens to this podcast uh, that my wife... It's pretty great, and I really appreciated the thing that she did for me. All right. Let's go watch <laughs> Jorgie Sentai Ranger. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a break. Uh, we are going to watch episode eight, and we will be right back. All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching a very exciting episode where kind of... A lot happens, but none of it is really of any consequence. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, um, it, this is, I feel like, our first, in many ways, our first sort of, like, proper Freak of the Week episode. Uh, like, the first seven episodes have been, like, real crazy. We've been getting a ton of exposition. Everything's getting set up. I think we actually set a pretty... This might be a record for how quickly into a series we've gotten giant robots. I feel um, like it's at least I think it is particularly quick, not just for getting the individual robots, but for actually putting them together into a giant guy who stands up and hits something with a sword. Yeah, that nor- like normally I expect to see that uh, around like maybe like tw- episode like twelve somewhere in that in that range. Uh, and we're only at episode eight, and this is actually the second episode we've gotten with um, Chariki Robo or uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in the, here's a quick uh, correction from the previous episode. We were calling him Chorky Robo because the name of that episode was Combined Chorky Robo. Oh, but yeah. all throughout this episode, they refer to him as O-Ranger Robo. So I think that's actually what his name is. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, so, but like I think this is the first just real freak of the week. Like, there's a monster. It shows up. It fights. They fight it. There's a robot. And they kill it. And then, hooray! Like our heroes of one. Yeah, but in a very real way, more than maybe any other episode that we have watched in the you know three plus seasons, this episode feels like a toy commercial. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, this is a 20-minute toy commercial where they fight a guy with missile hands. Uh, and, and it's great. Not, it's really fun. It is. And they're not normally... I mean, you guys have probably picked this up. They're not normally super subtle. No, but this one, like... Because that's kind of the, the only plot of this episode is showing off the giant robot and how many cool functions it has. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's get into it. So we start off, there's already a red alert. They're in that, like, all of our heroes are in the headquarters, um, but there are, like, those giant, like, flying saucer cog battleships and a bunch of the octopus fighter jets flying over Tokyo, blasting it to pieces. So the O-Rangers all henshin and go to their Cherokee mobile suits to head into the city to protect it. Uh, yeah, they just they they get, like, immediately. Yeah, like they get in their little chairs, they get lowered into the cockpits of their Cherokee mobile suits, which is a shot that I love. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, and they are like out to go fight. Right. Uh, cut back to Tokyo. You know, there's fighters overhead, things are exploding. But then uh, Kocha and Acha look out the window and see, like, oh, crap, we were having so much fun blowing up Tokyo, now the O-Rangers are here. Yeah. Like, oh, what do we do? Um, And the answer, it turns out, actually, is not much. Um, yeah, so O-Ranger, they all pull out their storage crystals, and they turn their Cherokee mobile suits into the big robots, or the big, you know, O-Ranger robo. And you, there's a moment where I think, like, oh, okay, now they're just going to destroy everything. That's not immediately what happens. Because first they right. need to get shot approximately one million times. They do get... They get shot... Yeah, they get shot a lot. Um, now, there was something that I, that I got kind of a kick out of. Is that they... <laughs> so we know it's the storage, the storage crystal. The storage yeah. crystal is what the is the thing that like activates O Ranger Robo, uh, and so far they have done it every time, and it's not a quick sequence. No. Like we see each individual O Ranger go like storage crystal, and then they plug it in, and then the next one is storage crystal, and then they plug it in. Um, and, and, and the we, thing is that they're all saying the exact same thing. And they're doing it in the exact same way. So it's not as though it is in an interesting sequence with all of them, like, leveling up their mobile robots in, like, a fun, unique way. We're just yeah. watching, like, five color-coded people doing the exact same motion. <laughs> it's not It's not the best sequence. So, um, but they do do that, and they form a Ranger Robo. And they just wreck shop. Yeah, like, they get shot for a while, because Bacchus Wrath is like, listen, you know, concentrate all your fire on that dude. But as soon as they get tired of being shot at, they literally just pu pull out their sword and throw it at one of the battleships. And yeah, the battleship okay. just goes down. The only thing... Okay, I had, like, a minor bum out about that. Because what they do is they, like, flip it around and grab it by its handle and then throw it as though it's a very awkward, spe like, spear. 
uh, where really what they should have just done is like thrown it end over end, and it would have like rotated and sliced. Would have would have been cooler. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe there's like a tiny hidden jet rocket in the uh, the hilt of it, so they were just sort of like setting it up and throwing it that way, so it'll keep. I straight. would also accept that as very cool. So yeah, they just take out this battleship with like a single shot, and it's not. I want to be clear: this is not their finishing move. This just oh, yeah, happens yeah. to be like throwing their sword near a battleship, and that's it. So, I dig that. Okay, the thing that I really do like about this is that it does give us, like, a pretty clear picture of the um, power level of O-Ranger Robo. Like, this robot is not messing around. Yeah. So, the forces of Baranoi are like, okay, well, we're we're out then. Like, we will live to fight another day. And yeah, then they like, just... They Bacchus Wrath is very mad, and he does not want to retreat, but Kocha and Acho just, like, grab the controls and point the ship back towards the moon. Yeah. So they get to the moon, and uh, uh, Queen Hysteria and the the terrible Prince Bulldown are talking about, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys retreated. In all of our, like, conquests, we have never had to retreat from, like, the field of battle. Literally anybody. This has never happened before. Like, we kind of don't know how to process it. Right. Um, What are we going to do? We can't just leave Earth because there are these five jerks. Right. what what uh, would that look like? And so Bacchus Wrath is like, you idiots, I already have a plan. Uh, and I can't remember, what's the name of the planet, Matt? Is, uh, um, okay, so he has forces hidden away on the planet uh, Duora, I think. Thank you, Duora. And he says, "Here's what, he's like, I'm going to call in these forces that I have hidden away on the planet Duora. And we see Emperor's Hysteria and uh, Prince Bulldog be like, wait, what? You're calling in who now? And it cuts away to this planet Duora, and there's, like, a big red screen behind which you see a bunch of, like, evil-looking robotic silhouettes. And he's like, oh, yeah, we are calling those guys. And I love this because it makes it, it makes the Machine Empire feel bigger. That, like, yeah, it's not like, just these five dudes and exactly. their, like, stupid, like octopus planes right now one of the things i do dig about this is this is kind of like um shades of the shooting doji brothers that there are some like yes we're insane like empire building like murder bots but there's still standards of behavior right like we do have prisons and so this they're like yeah like this is the suicide squad of the baranoia empire that they are like hurling into battle against the o-rangers um which i really dig and And, in this week the person that they have Pulled from this planet is Barra Missler. Yeah, and so Barra Missler, he looks like a half. He looks like a transformer, basically. He's like a robot or a, a plane transformer, except he also just has two planes, not missiles, just planes on his shoulders. Oh, sure. I mean, in case you forgot what uh, what his like, whole shtick was, like epaulets, just like just like they're waiting for takeoff. Just ready to go. Just planes. Yeah, he so looks anyways. like halfway between a Transformer and uh, one of the Centurions. You know, Mad and Machine, Power Extreme. Yeah, Power Extreme. Mm-hmm. Have you ever mm-hmm. actually gone back and watched an episode of that show, Matt? Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's very, very bad. Uh, but the opening looks so cool. Dude, that's, that is how those shows got you. The it opening really is. The opening animation is super rad, and then everything else is garbage. <laughs> Um, okay, so anyways. So we, we, we cut back down to Earth, and Momo and Jerry are just out for a drive. And 
in civilian clothing. Yeah, they're just chilling. Um, they're actually out. They're out on like a shopping trip. I think is is where they're going. Yeah, and I think the idea what they say is now that we have Oranger Robo, the Baranoia Empire has to like really think twice before they attack. Right, like and we so bought we'll ourselves some breathing room. Like we, I like Jerry can put on like a jean jacket and like a like a neck scarf thing. It's a very cool yeah. look. Everything, everybody's chill. Yeah. Cool Momo's now. got like a little like checked sundress deal happening. Yeah, everything's cool. Right, and then um, there's an explosion, and they are attacked by the slowest missile. <laughs> oh my gosh. You could grab this missile out of the air and turn it around and, like, just send it back where it is going with your bare hands. <laughs> um, it's not just one. Like, every time we see a missile on screen, it's the slowest missile. I think they just had a dude with, like, a fishing rod, like, running as fast as he could past the camera, like, behind that, it. Like, he's running as fast as he can, but it's not the fastest guy on set. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, there's explosions everywhere. And, Buildings um, are falling into rubble. There's fire. Like there's there is a lot of destruction from yeah. these terrible slow missiles. And so the Rangers, like they jump out of the car and they are like running over and they're trying to help people and like, uh, you know, just like pulling people out of the rubble, uh, you know, as best they can. Yeah. Jury then uh, calls up to the headquarters and is like, "Hey, we need help." Right. Now we cut from here, not to the headquarters, but to the moon where the Baranoia Empire. He's getting weird. Yeah, because the camera cuts not to like the standard shot of just the room, but looking up at a bunch of Barra soldiers, like the like the putties, um, who are all dressed as surgeons with like surgical masks and gowns. Yeah, and what they have done is they've got like a surgical table set up, and they have pulled the little one. That's Kocha, right? Uh, yes, the yeah. little one is Kocha. And they've got Kocha, and they are starting to, like, basically disassemble him. And he is flipping out. Yeah, he is not into this. They are telling him, like, okay, we are going to add some functions to you. Um, we're going to improve your mobility. We're going to do a couple of things. We're going to install a enlargement system. Yeah. Uh, and Kocha is like, cool, but I do not want any of this. Right. And, and they like, kind of kinda evil shame him. Yeah, it, the, first of all, they evil shame him, and then second of all, like it is uncomfortable because he's like it's a puppet, but he's very definitely struggling to have this not happen to him. Oh yeah, but they're like, but what? They, what? What sort of paranoia doesn't want to have like super evil robot powers? Like, what sort of jerk are you? We're offering you the world here, buddy. Right. So it's Acha actually who is who is saying this, and then Emperor Bacchus Rats is like, glad you feel that way, Acha, because like you're in on this too. And then Acha's like, wait, what now? Uh, and you can tell that maybe his mouth is a little bit bigger than his heart because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's also not interested. But then, like, I forget, Bacchus Rath says something, but which is like, no, 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 like, this is going to be awesome. How do you actually feel? And they're like, oh, well, well, actually, I'm not actually, this isn't, this isn't, yeah, this too is bad. fine. Like, I'm actually <laughs> fine. Uh, and it's like they forgot that they were robots. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot going on in this scene that makes me think, like, why are they doing it this way if they are robots? Like, why would they even own those doctor's outfits? It's not like those robots need to avoid, like, breathing in or out germs. They don't have breath. They are robots. I don't know, Matt. Maybe they're worried about oil spots on them 
themselves. I don't know. Sure, man. Oil spots. I can dig it. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways. So, so uh, the, we the, don't the know. The terrible principle don't runs in and says, hey, our plan is working. The O-Rangers are running out to go face Bear Missler. Yeah. Well, and it's not super cl- Like, they just do that. They're like, we're going to go find the guy. And then they just go find him. He's at a quarry. Yeah, there, there was a bit I think that we missed talking about earlier where they were trying to figure out how many battleships were attacking uh, that was causing all this destruction. And eventually they realized like, oh, no, this is not like a battleship at all. This is just like one angry like machine beast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, wow, this guy must not be messing around. So, so they um, go and find him. He is, of course, at the quarry. Uh, yep. But it's not just him. Bacchus Wrath is also there, which is the first time that the O-Rangers are meeting Bacchus Wrath. Yeah. Which feels weird that that's not happened yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, if I think if we think back to Jetman, they were not encountering the Vyroom commanders, like, super early on, were they? I think they were, dude. Well, well maybe so. Uh, anyway, so this is the first time they meet Bacchus Wrath, and he's like, I am Bacchus Wrath, and I will take care of your planet. And they're like... No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, please. That is not how we um, do things. Yeah. So uh, then they just start fighting. Like, yeah, they, they, they pull out their lasers. Uh, the lasers are no good because those yeah. are the lasers that you use to shoot a bear soldier. And this is a machine beast. And he's got whole other like shields, I guess. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. But I don't the, know. the lasers like extra useless. armor points, whatever. Um, but what is not useless is the star riser. Uh, Goro pulls out his sword he gives the dude, like, one good hit with the sword, and he just goes down? Like, for such a fearsome yeah. dude, getting hit literally one time with a sword is all it takes. Well, I mean, dude, Star Riser literally, like, cut a whole plane in half last time, so... Well, that's true. Man, Star Riser is very good. Yeah, um, it's very, very good. So, like, it it goes down. Um, Bar Missler goes down. The O-Rangers uh, start cheering. They're um, like, yeah, they're like, wow, that was way easier than we were sort of expecting. Right on. Uh, but it was not that easy. In fact, the, the uh, I think Acha and Kocha, who are right there, are like, no, it is too soon for you to be enjoying yourselves. Uh, because we just got yeah. these new powers, and you are going to love what this looks like. And then yeah. they go into a very bizarre sequence. Okay, so... Okay, so here is what happens. Kocha goes through, like, a little transformation phase where his, like, his arms, like, pop into his body and then... Sort of like a long cable comes out of his butt? Or, like, where his butt would be? Yeah. Um, There's a handle on the end of that cable... Uh-huh. Acha, Acha grabs that handle. It just starts swinging Kocha around like he is a morning star. Yeah, it's like a hammer throw. That's the... Yeah. And he just, like, he launches... He launches it at Baramissler. Yeah. Kocha sort of lands on Baramissler's shoulder. Like... A robot syringe full of, full of, like, glowing green stuff plugs from Kocha into Bara Missler's neck, into, like, a port on his neck. And he says, grow up big and strong, 
and then he becomes a giant robot. And Dave, if this is what we get to see every single episode when these dudes grow, I am going to be so delighted. Well, okay, miss it. Listen, Matt, um, they have said, like, this is where the enlargement system is coming from. So I think, yeah. It's just such a bonkers thing. Like, okay, listen. In every show, they have to come up with some excuse as to why these people get big. Either there's a magic wand, or they have gotten, like, freeze-dried, compressed into a tiny dude, and then when they get defeated in their regular size thing, they become a giant dude. That's a weird one from Time Ranger. Um, But this is an... It's just so wonderfully, weirdly elaborate. Yeah, it's it involves two side yeah, characters. No, it's pretty getting, amazing. Like, I'm a big, big fan. So what what I'm hoping then is that in every single fight, Ajay and Kocha just have to be like hiding behind a bush somewhere or like inside a garbage can, and as soon as they need to, like pop out, like aha, we got you, giant dude now. Because <laughs> what's the other option? Is that Kocha throws Acha into the fight from the moon? I mean, I would listen. I would also. I was love gonna that, say, but I don't see I, that. Happening. I would not complain about that happening either. Um. So, but that is that is oh, man. Okay, so that is definitely what happens. So the Rangers then are like, oh well, we clearly need our like we also we need to call our giant robots in. So they do like they can summon them on their community. Do we have a name for those like wrist communicator things yet? Uh. I don't know, actually. That is a very good question. Yeah, see? We're like, it's it's a little bit weird that we don't have one of those yet anymore. But anyways, um, so they like do a thing on it, and uh, the the beasts come to life. The Cherokee Mobiles. The Cherokee Mobiles, thank you. So the Cherokee Mobiles come to life. I did, Matt, can I have like a minor, like just a minor complaint? Sure. Well, okay, so here's what happens. Is the like Sky Phoenix is like Sky Phoenix and it flies away. And they're like, Grand Taurus, ready, and then Dash Leon, ready, and then it's uh, like Moa Loader and Dogu Lander are like, ready, and it's just like, well, I'm not sure what you need to, be. you're just literally getting pulled. So well, yeah. I mean, maybe that means that they, they finished loading all of their cannons, but they certainly haven't like engaged an engine or anything. Yeah, I am, I did just think about this, is that, um, is Jury and Momo are... Moa Lander and Moa, Moa Land no Moa Loader and Dogu Lander yeah, uh, and they are the ones that are like getting pulled around and I was like, man, you got to make both ladies the ones that like can't get around on their own. I just come on, uh, guys. Yeah, no, I I do I agree with you there. I think th- there is something that will happen later in this episode that will make me feel less bad about that. Uh oh yeah 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 I yes. But, um, I but just, yeah, I totally hear you. Like, I know they were the gunners in the like the planes that they both shared um, with Shohei and Yuji. But still, like, come on, guys. Yeah. Okay. You, so, you anyways, could, you couldn't make them able to move on their own even a little bit. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. So, anyways, they all like. They kind of like roll out of their mountain hideout thing. Uh, we and so we get a quick shot of that, like rolling them, rolling through the snow, which I love. 
and then they are just there at the they're there at the battle and uh we get a like they do not bother being like individual robots for any length of time like as soon as the chariki mobile show up they combine yeah and i do we've we've only seen it once before but i want to reiterate that i do really like a couple of aspects of this um transformation sequence particularly when goro is coming in to like perch the sky phoenix like into the sort of like torso head spot that he has Mm, yes like you see inside the cockpit of sky phoenix he's like okay angle of approach is good so it's not just like an automated system he is like piloting it into position every time and i really dig that i do i think that is really really cool now and i will say that also they do shorten up the storage crystal sequence like we get goro and he says storage crystal and then we get a split screenshot of everybody doing storage crystal all at once which i think is a much better way to do that yeah, so they all combine, and Bacchus Wrath is like, all right, like, now it is on. You have fallen into my trap. Uh, and the trap is just that, like, Barra Missler is super strong. Like, he's a very strong robot, and they were not anticipating that. So, like, they try <laughs> to hit him, and it doesn't do much good, and then they get shot with a million missiles and get knocked over, and they're like, oh, wow. Like, this was, <laughs> we did not plan for this. Yeah, so... So it's not a genius trap, but it does work. <laughs> um, and then... So then uh, Barra Missler manages to... He, he picks up O-Ranger Mobile... Robo. O-Ranger Robo, sorry. And... Flies to the sun. Yeah, so... Bacchus Rats is like, listen, we're wrapping you up in chains. You're not going to get out of these chains. Don't even try. They're very good chains. Then, my dude here, the Missler, he's just going to throw you into the sun because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of your look. I'm sick of your face. I'm sick of everything that you're doing. So it's sun time for you. Now, I'm wondering, like, how are they going to do this? Is Cherokee Missler, I'm sorry, is Barra Missler strong enough to throw them that far? No, he's just going to fly them there. And would you like to know how quickly he flies? Well, he gets to the sun in like under 30 seconds. I was going to say, that's 93 million miles away. He gets there in under a minute. It's a pretty good speed. He's very, very fast. So he just like... I think that if he was that fast, he could have been better at avoiding the attacks. That were being uh, thrown at him. Listen, man, he's very fast, like in a straight line in the vacuum of space. Let's 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 bend this a little bit. Uh, that's how we. Anyways, okay. So okay. he does. He just basically like flies at the sun very, very, very quickly, and just hurls them at it, and then kind of like loops back around himself and heads back to Earth. So the Rangers are just just headed towards the sun, and are like, "What are we gonna do?" It's getting very hot. This it's is a getting bad it's getting so hot. This is such a bad situation. Uh, and they're like, and eventually, okay. someone turns to to Shohei, and they're like, "Oh, Shohei, well, why don't you use like the Taurus cutter or whatever? Like that'll help break these chains, and we can get free." And, and then I say, sitting on my couch, "What? Yeah, they have the- not 
Okay, so here's what it turns out, guys. There's O-Ranger Robo, and then O-Ranger... Like, this is very cool, actually, but each of the five uh, Choriki Mobiles can give O-Ranger Robo, like, a different helmet? Yeah. Which gives it, like, a different superpower. Yeah. So, So, like, the the standard one that we have seen thus far is the wing head, uh, and that is the Sky Phoenix head that gets put on it, and that's the one that has, like, the sword, right? Yeah. But when they switch over to the Taurus head, I'm I'm actually not sure exactly what the Taurus head does, but whatever it does, it lets him break the chains. It's, you know, it would make sense that it maybe gives it, like, some sort of, like, super strength or or something like that. We're We're not totally sure yet. Um, so they managed to break the chains, but they're like, we're moving too fast. And like the gravity is too strong and we can't, we can't get away. Um, and they're like, okay, we'll use, what are they called again? Like the names are super funky, Matt. I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's jury's head. It's something Vulcan cannons. And they're like these two cannon things that are sticking out of the top of the helmet or it's from the side sort of where the ears are yeah that they can they can be like moved back and right. forth which i think are probably meant uh, to just be cannons yeah. but in this case are you working as like thrusters yeah so yeah it's um it's the it's just called cannon head um oh, so they use cannon head and they sort of like yeah they sort of like um push themselves away from the sun and then they use Vulcan head, which is um, from Dogerlander. And they basically just like everybody uses their like little blasty power and somehow that that saves them. And not only does it save them, but it gets them all the way back to Earth in five seconds yeah. Um, now I will say I think Graviton Head, which is from Dash Leon, is the coolest one because it's like a crazy pyramid head, and but it like matches because Dash Leon is also like the arms, and so that like there's uh, there's some visual continuity there, and it does like a crazy pyramid blast. It looks rad. Um, Vulcan Head and Cannon Head both look kind of weird. Yeah, it's I mean it's kind of great because the Moa Loader is just like. A turret with a giant cannon on the top of its head. And so when O-Ranger Robo gets the power of Moa Loader, it just gets a giant cannon on the top of its head. Like, it's not flashy, <laughs> but it is very good. It is, like, right. Like, that's definitely Moa Loader's thing. Um, So they land back on the planet. Like, they get back to Earth so they can also just cover that. Di- and, like, to be really clear, at first I was like, well, maybe they've just been flying for a very long time. But as they were being thrown into the sun, we did flash back to Earth, and we saw Emperor Bacchus Wrath um, literally turning around from his exact same spot and be like, well, that's taken care of. Back to the moon. So we know that this happens very quickly. So they get back to Earth, and and then they, they kill Bara Missler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can tell you it. about what happens here. Like, they, they switch their heads out a bunch of times. Here's what my notes look like. Head change. Oh, Ranger Robo was invincible. Oh, yeah. At one point when they're flying back, uh, they're landing. Um, Bacchus Wrath is like, how could this possibly happen? We threw you at the sun. 
And Goro just shouts like, no, O-Ranger Robo is invincible. And then they land and they change their heads a bunch of time and then they murder this stupid missile boy. Yeah. Oh, uh, one of the things I do dig is that when your head is on O-Ranger Mobile, you get the front seat. That's like their their seats shift around, which is pretty great. So this is what I was talking about earlier. Like Jury and Momo both have like the the heavy cannon turret like non-mobile like individual dudes yes but like all of them when they have combined are really like equal within the o-ranger robo and i think that that that's is very cool. yeah that is super super cool i do dig that um so yeah like they land they kill the dude uh, they all get out of the robot. They're thrilled to be alive. They're enjoying the day and like literally just walking around and smelling flowers and looking at birds. Happy to be back on like the good old planet Earth. Yep. And that is it. Like it, this is a fun episode and it really shows you what <laughs> O-Ranger Robo can do. Um, and it has a couple of fun scenes, but like it is genuinely just like look at all of these bits and toys that you can buy and you can change out its head and you can pretend that it has a cannon or two cannons. It's very good and you should go to the store immediately. That is this episode. <laughs> like I, I kind of um, wish so there was that's... more to talk about, but like they're genuinely unless you got some sort of weird insight out of this that I didn't. No, not really. Like I kind of again, I wish I had something else, but it really is like they just there was a it was a big toy commercial, but I did love it and I kind of do want that toy. Well, I mean, listen, that's it was at least effective. Right. Um so Matt, that's it for that episode, but it's not it for our episode. That is right, Dave, because right now we need to determine where this monster would land in the creature royale. Okay, well, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think looking at the shooting Doji brothers is a good it's a good spot to start. Um, you know, like at least thematically in the context of the story, they're pretty similar. And the shooting Doji brothers come in at spot number forty eight. Now, I think that's a good spot to start. I do think Bara Missler is gonna be like pretty dramatically below that. Yeah, because even though they both have that sort of commonality of getting. You know, like, they are dudes who were, like, locked away in exile or in prison and brought back because they need someone who is, like, a very bad dude to fight the heroes. Um, the shooting Doji brothers, like, I don't know. They had a whole thing. Uh, they were in, like, their prison cell was a lot cooler than just being on a planet. Uh, there was a lot of specifics as to, like, what they had done. Like, the shooting Doji brothers are characters in a way that Baron Missler is not. Yes, and also they are brothers. They've got, like, combo moves. They're, like, jumping over each other and, and doing some neat stuff. Um, you know, Matt, let me take that back, actually. I am, uh, I'm looking, like, right below them, and I'm seeing a lot of monsters that I think are a lot cooler than Bara Missler. Yeah, I mean, Bara Missler has a pretty cool look, and he can fly to the sun in about 30 seconds, and that's a good move. You know, man, I just keep scrolling down this list, and everybody I'm looking at, I like better than Bara Missler. There's Sunikake Baba, the sandwich that had, like, weird boob magic. There's Bakaneko, the cat lady. There's snake armor, which is like a literal suit of living snake armor that took people over. Four Kings of Heaven, Duke Trump, Purse Monk with the sweetest dunks. Diamond Dimension. Diamond Dimension's it. Okay, here's, here's a question, Dave. Um... 
Is Bera Missler the worst ma- machine beast yet? No. I don't think that no. the answer is yes. No, he's better I, than Bara Drill. Better than Bara Drill, better than Bara Saucer, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So where so, is Bara Saucer? Let's so Bara Saucer is there. 103, so let's go up from there. Do we like Bara Saucer better than Vending Machine Dimension? Yes. Adhesive Cockroach? Yes. Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist? Yes. Yeah, probably. Let me just jump up a couple. Baron String? Yes. Uh, now we're getting a little bit okay. Matt, is he better than character find of twenty sixteen energy butt? Uh might be better than energy butt, but I don't think he's better than Azuki Dari, the bean washer, who was the fake policeman in those early episodes of uh Kaku Ranger. Oh yeah, that guy was great. Well, I think that works for me, man. So that puts Bara Missler in at the new spot number ninety two. Right on. Well, Dave, then that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on the show, we're on Twitter at Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find the show. That's what's going to help new people find it. Um, or just tell a person, like in real life. Like, if you're having a conversation with a guy, uh, or, you know, just whoever, maybe a coworker, maybe someone in line at the subway, either the, like, underground train or the sandwich shop, you got options. No matter where you are. <laughs> Any place, let, really. Just let somebody know. Um, anyway, uh, the, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do it all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Uh, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.